usually behind all the judgments and the you know, situations that happen in life i think everyone is gorgeous but as i often say to clients this isn't not always a feeling gorgeous this is a knowing gorgeous like self-worth is a is a, a knowing not a feeling like oh my god i feel so full of self-worth it's like i don't and i've got i would say i've got pretty high self-worth but that's a that's an acceptance of a a fundamental fact not a feeling for me anyway but i think it's about saying you're not meant to feel anything other than your feeling mm. you may you will learn to understand this and there are practical ways of doing it so for me it's not just oh well love yourself and you're you're amazing um which is lovely but what for me self-care how we eat how we move how we present ourselves everything about how we live our lives can help us to get back in touch with our innate value. Yo, Ryan Hartley here from Always Better Than Yesterday and welcome to the interview sessions where I put my curious questions to inspiring people simply to help you in your heart and in your mind in some way. These interview sessions are brought to you by our great friends at Web Creation. Head to webcreationgroup.com for stunning websites at sensible prices. Today, episode 101, I am joined by Tristan Lee. He is the gorgeousness coach. He is the author of Munch, Move and Moisturize. 47 terrific tips by Tristan Lee. He is a absolute light in this world i really enjoyed connecting with him if you are a visual person i highly recommend that you go and check this podcast out on our youtube channel and you just see the fantastic bow tie uh, and blazer combination it was absolutely something to behold it's a great conversation i hope it's really going to help you in your heart and your mind in some way Uh, And please, if it does inspire you or you think it will inspire someone very, very close to you, please just just do them a favor and share this with them, either on their timeline, in their WhatsApp or or wherever you communicate with your friends and your loved ones these days. Here we go. Episode 101 with Tristan Lee, the gorgeousness coach. Enjoy, guys. Tristan, welcome to the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast. How are you, my friend? Yeah, I'm really good. It's a really lovely sunny day here. So I'm feeling good. Up for up for the chat. I just first want to take time to admire the bow tie. I love the bow tie. What's on it? It's got little kind of little Scotty dogs. Oh. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Talk to me about who you are, your story. Tell me about a bit more about you. Okay, well, I can tell you what I do. Or do you want to know who I am? I want to know everything. Oh my God. All right. Okay. Well, well, I am um, a health and wellness life coach, AKA the gorgeousness coach. So yes, if you think of the word gorgeous and you think, how can I make that even more fabulous? Add a myth on the end. And people are like, what on earth is a gorgeousness coach? And then I explain. And then we get, we get down to the, the nitty gritty, which is, you know, helping people with their physical and emotional well-being. 
Love that. Talk to me about your your background. What has led you to becoming the gorgeousness coach? Along podcast, because like my journey to do to becoming the gorgeousness coach has taken me. <laughs> I never planned on being a coach. You see, sure. I have done so many things. I have uh, worked as a performer for years. I don't do that anymore. Um, I've kind of worked in uh, network marketing. I've worked in restaurants and bars and I've had my own businesses. I've been an artist, a, a, a textile artist. I have dressed up as a female impersonator. I have been a party butler. I have been a dance coach. Uh, what else? I mean, God, I've been a cat, cat sitting service called Pussy Galore um, with a great tagline, actually. Pussy Galore, do I mind cats? Absolutely. <laughs> I can't imagine why that didn't take off. Genius. <laughs> <laughs> so I've done loads of different things. And I look back now because I'm, you know, fortunate enough now. Uh, people are, you know, I'm, I'm often interviewed on radio yeah. and podcasts and stuff. And I, and I realized, you know, I've just been searching mm. all life for my thing. And I, I'm very proud of that really because Although at the time, I'm like, I'm not really sure why dressing up as a 1950s society hostess called Crystal Chandelier, though I did get, you know, great, great feedback. I was like, what's that going to do with my life's purpose? But it was also, yeah. it was all a part of the journey. Um, so what's led me to here is a combination of lots of trial and error and lots of very big challenges because um, in my late 30s, I had a very, very difficult time with my mental health, which led to a huge breakdown, which led ultimately to a breakthrough. Thought I'd get that sneak little that phrase in there. Um, so it hasn't been straightforward, but in my own recovery from mental health issues, I discovered, well not discovered, I just upped my levels of self-care and really had to invest in myself. And people started asking me what I was doing and could I help them? Simple, but so powerful. That's, you know, I mean, I, that's how I got into coaching uh, mm. because people wanted my help. I, I, I hadn't planned on it, which is kind of the wonderful thing about life sometimes because it was not, it was something that kind of found me, but it ticks the boxes. It really does because it, it's, it's, it's the most wonderful thing to do to empower mm. people and to share, hopefully in a very authentic and when appropriate, humorous way, um, you know, uh, how to value yourself more and that can be a combination of emotional um guidance and, and practical help i love the fact you talked about purpose because you, you've tried a number of things and i like the conclusion that you've come to around just trialing things and i speak to a number of people that are trying to search for their life's purpose and they feel like they might be a flitter like flitting from one thing to another and it, and it kind of that sense of flitting almost stresses them out a little bit. I'd just love to know how, what, what was that feeling? What was that moment if there was one of just knowing that this was the thing? I've always been a seeker ever since I read The Alchemist. Mm. You know, like I, I, I know I'm looking for something. I, and the word purpose can be a real double-edged thing because one, people are like, I don't know how my purpose is. I'm just trying to pay my rent. <laughs> but I always had a sense that I there was something I wanted to do, something I wanted to be. And, you know, if you haven't read The Alchemist or your listeners haven't read The Alchemist, it's, a, it's an amazing book because it's about, you know, going on a journey to eventually return to yourself. 
And I suppose that's what I've done, you know, I've done lots of crazy things, but it always felt like this is the right thing for right now. And I do, I do think people are very hesitant and obviously because of often financial uh, considerations, they are hesitant to explore. Like you need to decide what you want to do at 16. And I was like, well, I just want to be Madonna's backing dancer. Um, I'm living in a little village in Cornwall. I'm not sure that's going to happen. But, but here's the thing, it's, it was never, this is the thing. I think I can say that now. Mm. I always knew it wasn't the thing, but it seemed to be the right thing for that time. And I was like, me dressing up as a woman or me um, doing crazy things. Um, but it's always been a kind of combination of kind of businessy things and entertainment and some, something to do with health and wellness. And I kind of combined them all. I no longer dress up as a woman, although I do make a very attractive woman. Uh, because I'm like, you know, I see beyond gender. I have no gender 100%. agenda. Yeah, for 100%. sure. 100%. And um, I just love to dive into the word gorgeousness. Let's, what does it mean to you? Okay, well, here's what happened was, because I was at a swanky, I don't often go to swanky parties, but I was invited to a swanky fashion um, uh, fashion show at the London Palladium. Now that is sadly not my usual lifestyle, but I was like, I'm going, it's going to be, I, I'm really, I love fashion and I'm not a fashionista, but I, I like to see beautiful clothes. And I got invited to a, this amazing event. There was a free bar and I was in the VIP hobnobby area. And someone said, what do you do? And I swear to goodness, this is what happened. I, I was, I knew that I was a health and wellness coach. This was about five or six years ago. And I knew I was like, well, that doesn't sound very glamorous. It doesn't sound very fabulous. And it, you know, if I'm in a VIP champagne bar at the London Palladium, I should probably come up with something a bit more gorgeous. So I was like, after a couple of dry sherries, I said, I'm uh, the gorgeousness coach. And they're like, wow, what's that? And I was like, oh, it's a, you know, it's a health and wellness life coach. It just, the word gorgeous for me now, here's the thing, because people sometimes say that is the most ridiculous name for your business. And I would agree. <laughs> it's a name. I'm like, what did I pick that name for? Because people are like, that's a stupid name. And I will, as I say, I agree. It is a bit of a, a, a silly name. But gorgeous for me is it's just one of those words that makes me smile. And I'm like, gorgeous. Now, that isn't just about how someone looks. It's their it's their energy it's their personality you know the most gorgeous people i have met have not been conventionally handsome or beautiful but they got sass they got style they know themselves gorgeous for me is as much internal as it is external and i just like the word i like this so much i added a nurse on the end <laughs> life is better if you add a nurse just try it out like fabulous nurse ryan nurse yes let's do that <laughs> I will come back to you with at least three different words by the end of today, but I've That's added nuts on the end. So. <laughs> I'd love to know, because you talked there something about something that I'm really passionate about, that, that life is better when you live from the inside out. And I'd just love to know the difference between internal and external gorgeousness. Well, I think true gorgeousness is an, is an inside job. That's why I always say when I'm speaking yep. at things. Because it's got to be, you know, when people really know their value, when people really understand their uniqueness and their worth as a human being, I think mm -hmm. it gives people a sparkle. I think gorgeousness is kind of like a little, it's a glow. 
And that can really only come from inside. And of course, I'm all, I'm all for both of the internal, external. I think, you know, they meet somewhere in the middle, perhaps. I'm really interested in how I present myself, but that is ultimately a reflection of how I feel about myself. So maybe that changes from time to time. And I'm, I'm okay with both. You know, we live a, in a world where external, we are, you know, affected by what happens externally mm. and, and how we look and how we present ourselves. But more and more, my internal, I hope that my internal sense of my own value, and when I work with people, that's what I work with them to help them understand, shows up on the outside. Um, and especially as we get older, when, you know, cynicism, regret, and bitterness are very much wanting to make a guest appearance. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not my circumstances. I'm not my Facebook likes. I'm not my number of followers I have on Instagram. I'm not my, you know, my face, my body. Yeah. I, I, I'm, all for, I'm all for embracing, hopefully, kind of a holistic attitude towards it. But internal gorgeousness, I think, is a vibe, an energy, a confidence. And, and ideally, that's based on being unapologetically celebratory of yourself. Mm. Yeah. Love that. I am, um, in my conversations with people, I think there's a real difference between intellectually knowing that we need to look after ourselves and health and well-being and that we shouldn't compare ourselves as an intellectual knowing and then yeah. there's in in the heart knowing and i guess how do you help people get to that inner space how how do they take step one towards inner self-love you know it isn't one size fits all a lot of the time when i'm talking to people i do make that distinction between a kind of a, a mind feeling and maybe a body knowing mm -hmm. And I have to be careful with people because some people are like, well, how do I lose weight? And I need, you know, some people aren't ready for the more deeper conversation. So I, I try and marry the emotional and the practical. But, mm -hmm. I, you know, I just try and make it kind of, try and speak in pictures or describe things in pictures. So I say, okay, well, left to our own mind devices, we will, you know, we are kind of in a, in a loop of repetitive condition thinking. So get out of your mind, get in a little elevator, and get in the elevator, close the door and press B for body. Get out of your mind and get back into your body. Mm. Uh, and that's where I would rather people spend a bit more time. Get to know your internal dialogue. Get to find out what's going on in your body. Do you remember that movie? It's something like Journey to the Center of something or other. But it's basically how they miniaturized these little people into a submarine they went into someone's body do you remember that movie no, okay, okay, uh -huh. keep going. anyway so basically you know i'm saying get get back in touch with your body mm. and i and and so for me my own my own journey was get out of my head get out of my mind and mm. um, because i know that's just a mostly just a a, a danger zone and it's usually just n never has anything new to say so if you want to get you know more in touch with your value it's not in your mind, it's in your body. So I do work on that with people. And I appreciate for some people that's like, I don't really get it. Do I eat quinoa or not? <laughs> and the answer is yes, you do. <laughs> that's amazing. I think sometimes as a coach, we have to have lived and learned these experiences ourselves. Would that be true of you know, your own path? Well, it has to be true for me because I didn't, didn't plan on being a coach. Sure. You know, it wasn't like, oh, you know, I think coaching's really trendy now, isn't it? It's like, oh, I'll be a coach. I'll be a coach. 
Have you any experience? No. I've done a course though. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. And I'm not criticizing that because it's mm. all coaches, hopefully good ones, the better. But my coaching came on my came on the back of my own experiences. Yeah. And what I learned, and people wanted to know what I was doing. And more than what I was doing, what I was feeling or thinking. Um, so for me, it's really important to be authentic. So I don't do that. I'm the coach. I've got the answers. You're the client. Here's the solutions. Um, I'm like, this is a conversation. These are some ideas. This is what's worked for me and the people that I work for. Let's see what works for you because it isn't one size fits all. But my experience has led to me becoming a coach. Um, and that's what, what I think is really important for how I coach anyway, which I'm not a traditional coach because I, you know, I'm quite quirky and we have a bit of a laugh and health and wellness, you know, where's the fun? Where's the fun? Now this is sometimes it's not funny, but where's the lightness of touch? We're like, Oh my God, it's so, you know, everything's so difficult, so heavy. Well, I know I've been there, but what about a little bit of mirth? A little bit of, a little bit of, you know, a little bit of sparkle sometimes. And I, I try and use that occasionally where appropriate. Mm. Just by being honest, by being myself, because I am, as everybody is, I'm multifaceted. I'm quirky, I'm serious, I'm shy, I'm outrageous. I'm, you know, confident, I'm not confident. I am just trying to be authentic. And so I, I just try not to be, you know, I want to be multidimensional when I talk to people. So I'm like, just practicing being myself by saying, this is what I think. And what about that? And if I think it's something funny to say that seems appropriate, sometimes not appropriate, <laughs> I will say. And I think my clients really like it because I'm just kind of bursting some of the tension or alleviating some of the heaviness about the conversation. And that used, that's just how I work. I'm not saying coaches right, crack some jokes out. I'm not trying to be funny. I'm just using my own personality, which, I have a sense of humor and I try and bring it into my work. So I'm not like, okay, now I've got a coaching hat on. I must be super serious all the time and talk like a coach and act like a coach. I didn't train to become a coach. So I don't have those kind of um, behavioral codes that some other coaches may have because I'm not being myself. People approach me. So, cause I get results for people. And I obviously, I think when you start to, value yourself and you're like you know what my self-esteem is in my hands so i'm going to be myself i don't want to hurt anybody i want to be kind and loving but if i am sometimes a little bit quirky and say something that might be a little bit you know saucy i'm all right with it if you had to take the word coach off of the table and describe what you do with people in other words what would they be what i do what am i what am i i i suppose i'm a mirror what i try and do is hold up a mirror to people and say don't forget who you are. Mm. So I would call myself a mirror. Mm. So that's the first word that came to my mind. It's going to have to do. What if people don't like what they're looking at? Most people don't like what they're looking at. Mm. So I tell them I know because I have felt that way in the past. Most people, I would say 99% of people don't particularly like what they're looking at. But what are we looking at? Are we looking at the truth or are we looking at a distorted self-image? And usually behind all the judgments and the you know, situations that happen in life 
I think everyone is gorgeous. But as I often say to clients, this isn't not always a feeling gorgeous. This is a knowing gorgeous. Like self-worth is, a, is a, a knowing, not a feeling. Like, oh my God, I feel so full of self-worth. It's like, I don't. And I've got, I would say I've got pretty high self-worth. But that's, a, that's an acceptance of a, a fundamental fact, not a feeling. For me, anyway. What do you think makes the difference between someone that fully embraces their gorgeousness and those that don't? the front door i'm not answering it it's probably my gorgeousness that's coming my daily delivery of gorgeousness <laughs> um someone who embraces it someone doesn't most people don't embrace it to start with so you know we learn through repetition so when people say i don't have much self-belief i say well when you first learned to drive were you very good at it mostly i mean i was dreadful i just couldn't work out how to like steer and use all the, uh, you know, and look out the window at the same time. So, you know, we learn through repetition. So, you know, whether that's affirmations and things like that, but I think it's about saying you're not meant to feel anything other than you're feeling. Mm. You may, you will learn to understand this and there are practical ways of doing it. So for me, it's not just, oh, well, love yourself and you're, you're amazing, um, which is lovely, but what, for me, self-care, how we eat, how we move, how we present ourselves, everything, about how we live our lives can help us to get back in touch with our innate value. So, I mean, I'm someone who really loves healthy eating. It's delicious and nutritious. I'm, I exercise a lot. I take pride in my skin and my appearance. I, I, I'm kinder to myself than I ever have been. So we, t I, for me, I, you know, I kind of say it's something we grow. It doesn't mm. arrive fully formed. It's like getting to know your someone. Like when you get to know a friend, mm. um, it's not going to happen in one one coffee it's going to what, do you, what do you say to those people that think self-care is selfish um i would just say i understand what you're thinking and if i mean like selfish it's got such a bad connotation what the hell's wrong with being selfish i mean it's like selfish is so it's such a loaded term like i have mm. selfish um but that doesn't mean i'm self-centered I mean, if I am, I don't care. <laughs> you know, what we're all meant to be, Mother Teresa. I have some aspects of my personality that I'm selfish in, and I have lots of areas of my life where I'm not. I think I balance out as a relatively kind and loving human being. Mm. But I think we've been told for so long, oh my goodness, the worst thing we could possibly do is value ourselves. Oh my God, God forbid that we take care of ourselves and stand up for ourselves and have boundaries. Mm. So I'm like, yeah, I get it. But then I would say, well, what does self-care look like to you? Oh, it's about spending so much time on myself that I, I ignore other people. I'm like, well, I don't think that's the case. I think when you start to value yourself, I think you, you are much more um, kinder person. You have more to give, but you know, people can think what they like. I'm, my job is not to persuade people anything other than you know, what they currently feel, but you know, that's cool. I love that. I, um, I, I believe that a better you is a better you for the people that you connect with, you serve, with family, friends. You have, to, Just have... You, have to, you have to meet people where they're at. And if people, you know, people have low self-esteem or they feel that taking care of themselves is selfish, that's okay. Mm. We can start with that. We can take tiny steps and we can work out what feels right for you. So, you know, we just have to be patient with ourselves and other people. Mm. 
just out of my eyesight, there's a book uh, called Lost Connections by Johan Hari. And in it, he talks about um, some research that he found that someone in a marketing agency said that the best marketing is when we get to feel like we're a loser if we do not have the product. That, yes. you know, and what's, your, what's your view on, on uh, the marketing that we are subjected to on every single day basis? Oh, some of it is drives my gonads crazy. <laughs> Um, I literally feel them like shrinking back up into my body at times. <laughs> I'm like, hi, I'm a personal trainer. And I've, I'm selling, you don't know who I am. And you want to have a six pack? Well, I've got a six pack program. And now that doesn't work for me. I've already got a six pack. However, <laughs> um, I just, I'm like, first of all, I don't like being shouted at or patronized um, or um, kind of, I don't know, just like, I'm not, I'm not an idiot. I, like, I can't even bear adverts, like on the TV. Like if I'm watching like Channel 5, you know, on demand, I, I'm so allergic, I have to turn the volume down and look away or start singing a song. Can't yeah. bear it, stop trying yeah. to sell me stuff. I'm not here for your tampon, tampon commercial, yeah. you know. Nothing wrong with tampons. You know, I'm all for, uh, you know, menstrual health. But, you know, I, uh, what's the question? Yeah, marketing. I mean, I've made mistakes with it, and I'm sure I do. People might look at the way I promote my business going, God, that's so ridiculous. I'm doing my best to be authentic. I want people to feel they get so much more from me than, they, than I ask from them. Mm. So it is an exchange of value. And for me, I just want to be real and genuine. I'm not, it's not a hard sell. Social media advertising should be a soft sell. Might make a little tainted love reference. For people that are over 35, you might get that. If you're not, look it up on the interweb. Soft sell, tainted love, 1981. So, um, some of it really annoys me and feels like, oh, please, I don't know who you are and I don't care. So, the key, I think, to marketing is you've got to warm people up. You've got to be nice. You've got to give, 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 ask. I think it's seven gives and then an ask. I'm all, I'm, you know, if you, every post you do is like, um, are you fat? I can give you the problem. I can give you the, uh, you know, the solution. What about giving people advice, warming up your audience, get them to know you, like you and trust you. And occasionally say, Oh, by the way, you know, I offer coaching or I'm a personal trainer or here's my product or service. Just don't hit people on the head with it. I get so many messages from messages from people saying, hi, um, not even hi, how are you? Just hi. Um, uh, you'd be great in my team. Mm -hmm. uh, Hit, click on a link to find out more. I'm like, no, yep. no. Build some rapport. Be nice to people. Don't people. I react very violently to kind of being sold at. Mm. So just try and lighten up and have some fun with it and be a real person. Don't be a, an online caricature. Mm. Hey, I've got a weightless program. You need it. I don't respond to that. Some people do. Good for them. How can people connect with you? How can they find out more about what they do? How can they consume more of your content and your services? Consume. Make me sound like some sort of gorgeous Victoria sponge cake, which they I more of you in there. If they want more of you, your energy and your gorgeousness in their life. Well, they can, can just, they can find out what I'm up to or what I'm saying. I post on social media quite a lot. Hopefully it's pretty good content. Um, at real Tristan Lee. Um, Tristan Lee, the gorgeous coach, my Facebook page. I have Tristan's gorgeousness gang, free Facebook page, private Facebook page, free to join. 
hundred thousand pounds to leave, so you've got to stay. In. <laughs> um, I have a book, Munch Move Moisturize, available on TristanLee.com. Yeah. Apart from that, you know, I'm. I think that 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 you'll find me if you go through any of those routes. Thank you for the time out of your day coming to spend it with us. And I just, my ethos is all about helping people be better than they were yesterday. I'm just curious to know what that phrase always better than yesterday means to you. A, uh, a desire to grow. I desire to be, to, um, be a better coach, be a better friend, uh, just a commitment to ongoing growth and expansion. I love that. Yeah. Thank you, my friend. And I continue to honor the bow tie. I, bow tie envy is amazing. Uh-huh. Bow tie love. <laughs> There we go, episode 101 with Tristan Lee. Hope that you enjoyed the conversation and the energy that Tristan brings. Um, I'll, I'll be completely honest. When I first heard that his business and he named himself the Gorgeousness Coach, I was like, oh no, not, not another externally focused, let's be superficial. Um, and I just absolutely loved his description of what it means to be gorgeous. Um, this sense of that it comes from within and it shines through us and um, I think that's exactly what it means to to lead with love to connect and live love and lead from the inside out it was uh, a great conversation I really enjoyed myself I'd love to know what's really stood out for you please just always give some feedback to ryanbhartley at gmail.com go and connect with Tristan at tristanlee.com And uh, we look forward to having you back on the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast again very soon. I'll speak to you very soon. Much love, guys.